Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. I'm always amazed when I have some finance people in my team being able to talk about the business. And when you don't know them, you would think they are from the business. But when you combine uh, that business um, understanding and the finance skills, that's where they they become extremely strong and they can help make uh, the, the decision. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. Now, you've just heard from Stephanie Didier, uh, who's currently Senior Director of Treasury at J&J, Johnson & Johnson, following a 20-plus year career performing a number of senior finance roles across many different industries, including pharmaceuticals, beauty, manufacturing, as well as having a number of stints at different international locations. And that's where we actually started, was how Stephanie decided which roles to take from an international assignment perspective whilst also having a family and balancing that with her career progression too. Then we get into a conversation around how maybe finance has developed a bit of a boring perception, how we can overcome that, and maybe how bringing in people from different backgrounds, whether they be from a software engineering or app development perspective, or even from an economics background. One example actually of how that turned out to be a great experience for Stephanie and her team in finance and doing that. Also, Stephanie helps us deconstruct what business partnering is, four key components of it, and share some great practical examples of how we can do that as finance professionals, but also share some techniques that she's picked up for leaders to consider to help their finance teams become better business partners. And we also delve into the importance of saying no in our career, as well as why technology helps finance transformation and helps us become even more critical to the business, enabling us to become more influential and impactful in the work that we do. So look, hope you enjoy this episode. As you probably can guess, I really enjoyed catching up with Stephanie. And if you want to uncover some more of the key quotes, resources mentioned, as well as ways to connect with Stephanie, you can find that and more at sitnshow.com. And as always, we really appreciate when you share this show with your friends and colleagues. You can subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And thanks again for tuning in today. So that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Stephanie and the show. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Really happy to be uh, with you today. Yeah, and, and for our audience who may just be listening in now, you might not be aware of all the technical difficulties we had with this morning. So thank you, Stephanie, for your patience while we try to get this uh, podcast started. So before we um, jump into the, the main piece, would you mind introducing your background and your journey in accounting and finance, please? Yeah, sure. So I've been now more than 20 years in finance. And the one thing I can say after these 20 years is I've never been bored. I've had so many opportunities to learn new things, to make new experiences. So I have no regret about choosing finance. 
I have, uh, at the beginning, a pretty uh, standard finance background and started uh, with a PwC. And that was a great experience in external auditing. But I was missing the um, link with the business and the fact that you are really part of projects and you are really part of a business and you bring value. So that's why I joined uh, Johnson & Johnson 18 years ago now. Wow. Uh, and when I come back in these 18 years, I probably had like 10 different uh, positions uh, in different areas, different businesses, different uh, countries. So I lived in Sweden, I worked for the Middle East. So a very fruitful career so far and looking forward for the next years to come because I'm sure uh, that will continue to be fruitful and continue to learn new things. I, actually, yeah, I, I, I love your positive outlook. What what's I find fascinating, I have to ask this question, is when you started your career some so 18, 20 years ago, did did you come in with like a deliberate strategy that that sort of international exposure was something you wanted? Or was that more something that emerged as you were taking your career? How did you decide which were the right opportunities to pursue and which direction you were hoping to go in? And that's a very interesting question, Andrew. Talking about my own experience, I always wanted uh, to live abroad with my family at some point because I always felt it could be a great experience professionally and personally. So that's always something I shared with my managers that I was mobile and that I, I even wanted to have that opportunity and that happened at some point. Uh, but on the other side of your question, you have some uh, people saying, I want to become a finance director, I want to become a VP in finance, already at the start of their career. Mm-hmm. And that was not my case. Uh, it, it, it really came step by step. So it's, I took a job, uh, I really liked what I was doing, but I thought, mm, I think I, I can even do the, the job that is uh, above mine. So that's how I approach uh, my career progression. Got, got it. Yeah, because I suppose some, some people enter the profession because finance and accounting has been around for many thousands of years. You think the career path is fairly well defined, right? So it's completely natural for people to expect to want to progress into those more senior levels. But the reality is, again, it depends on our own circumstances. Is There are so many opportunities. That holistic view you mentioned already we sort of get that broad view of the business. I think we're very well positioned. So to have a very meaningful career. And then in terms of the right now, here and now, what's exciting you most about your current work? So what's exciting me most about my current role is to change and transform the organization in finance because I'm really convinced we are, as you said, so well positioned and uh, to have that holistic view of the business and the holistic view of finance and what we can bring. So that's important that we bring that to our business. And we talk a lot about business partnering. That's uh, important for finance. I'm sure you heard that many times. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, yeah, just for audience of the States, it's not like um, the partnering, limited liability partnerships, whatever we're, we're talking about here. We're, we're talking, we mean partnering a different essence, don't we? Absolutely. Just to maybe to make it more concrete is uh, uh, what I call a, a business partner in finance is someone who will be really the right hand of the managing director, the business unit director, or the marketing manager. So closest stakeholder and the person you, you work with. 
And again, I think we are really well positioned to, to do that because we have that holistic view and at the same time, we have an external perspective. And there's one thing that I really appreciate in the finance organization, it's that curiosity that I'm always amazed when I have some finance people in my team being able to talk about the business. And when you don't know them, you would think they are from the business. But when you combine uh, that business um, understanding and their finance skills, that's where they, they become extremely strong and they can help make uh, the, the decision. And, yeah, and I suppose, look, that, that is why organizations are put together, right? Is make decisions, make better decisions. And, and in finance, we understand the implications of those decisions on the numbers. How does someone, how do you say, where, do, where does someone even start to become a better business partner in your mind? So I think for me, I would say four key components to become a better business partner. So the first one I already alluded to is a curiosity. You need to get outside of uh, your uh, finance data, really understand the external context, understand also what are the priorities for your business, and don't be afraid to ask questions. And piece of advice for the audience is I often get uh, the feedback that, but how am I to, as a finance person to ask questions about the business? But that's your job and that's what you are expected to do. So don't be afraid to ask questions. The second piece is having your own opinion. What I sometimes see mm. is that finance people who are only the spokesperson about, from their business unit director, and they just repeat, so to say, what they heard. But what I'm expecting is a finance person who is saying, I think that when we launch that product, we can achieve that growth, for example. And really often in my team meetings, I ask my, my team, but what do you think about the business and what we see? And once you have that, I think the third component is to be able to influence. Because you talked about adding value, being part of, of the decision making, you need to be able to influence that decision making. So meaning you need to communicate what, what you think, share your own perspective, and get also the business partner on your side. And when I say influence, I'm not saying that uh, finance is always right and we should be the <laughs> only one driving the decision, uh, but we need to bring input and value uh, to the business. And, and that's, I said, uh, four. So the fourth one is test, learn and adapt. So we, we talk a lot about agility. Uh, for me, that's uh, a bit similar. And I often saw in the past finance project that took a lot of time, a lot of efforts um, to get to an end product. But when you present that end product to, to your business partners, actually, that's not what I, I need or not now. That was my need two, three, six months ago. But now the, the environment has changed. So it's how, as finance people, we are more comfortable like having uh, a project at 50% and we share uh, where we are and we don't get into the integrity detail to get it 100% right. And eventually you find out that's not, again, what your business partner did. So that's uh, really for me the four key components to help uh, the organization to become a better business partner. And just to conclude on this one, I think this applies to everyone. So 
I'm including myself, you know, yeah. in, in these behaviors that need to be developed. Yeah, because it's interesting. I just feel like it's it's in some of those things are contrary to the DNA of, of an accountant and finance professional because accuracy is something we pride ourselves on. The sort of suggestion is if we're going to test, learn and adapt, it's suggesting we're never probably going to get the chance to get everything 100% right or 100% finished because things are moving on so quickly. So that's just being pragmatic. <laughs> so we're having to be pragmatic about our accuracy. Yeah. And that's a very good question, a very good point you're bringing. Like compliance, you need to mm-hmm. be 100% correct. Yeah. That, yeah. You can't be 80%. That's, that's for sure. Like when you, you produce your financial statement to invest, I mean, you need to be 100% yeah. accurate. Yeah. So, so you got the CFO standing up there saying, yeah, these numbers are good enough. Exactly. You know, uh, no, but that's a very good point you're bringing because we need to know where we can be 80% or, or even 60 and yeah. areas where, I mean, there's no compromise. You need to be 100%. Yeah, and I think that's what frustrates a lot of people in business as well. It's like, oh, do we really have to do this? Do, you, do we need to ask these questions? Do we need to go down this route? Do we need to have a look at this first before we move on? And it's like... Well, well, yeah, but by having that strong foundation, I like what you were saying, it comes to help writing, asking the right questions because those decisions they're making are really about where they put their attention and energy, where they allocate their resources. So if those questions are about what has to be proven on that assumption for, or what are the key assumptions for this to be successful, they're very useful questions a partner might ask or a counsellor might ask to draw out the right answers, the right decisions, make better decisions. But it doesn't mean we're always going to get those decisions right. But we can use the accuracy we've developed over the years to help our business partners make better decisions and, and therefore feel like we're contributing. And it's, that's why finance is such a great career. It, actually, you said earlier on about um, you've never been bored in, in your career, right? Because I was thinking, what would be a boring career for me, right? Because I, I love being in finance. Maybe an astronaut. I couldn't sit up in space in a tube, an aluminium tube, right? Up in space or an alloy tube. I'd find that really boring. So I put in the phrase boring astronaut into Google and I came up with like 5 million hits. And then I put in boring accountant into Google and I came up with twice as many hits. So like, why do people think that it's so boring? It's such a great chance to be involved in making really great decisions, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why that's a bit of shame that we are perceived that way, because when you are an insider, that's absolutely not the case. And that's interesting because what I try to do in my team in the past is also to bring in uh, some people with very uh, different background. So that was a great experience for them and for us as well. And I remember it's especially one was coming more from, I would say, economics or health economics. So he had an appetite for the numbers, but didn't know finance. And he spent almost two years with us. And he said at the end, it was such a great experience for him. The fact that we have that holistic perspective and we are really uh, working with the business made a difference. And he said as well, that's not the perception he had at the beginning. So he changed the way he's seeing finance and he became a great advocate for finance in the company. That's brilliant. So, so that's, that's so idea. true. Yeah, actually, yeah. That, that's, a great, that's a great suggestion. And I suppose as a leader, for the leaders listening in, uh, Stephanie, just maybe have any sort of tips on how they can foster this sort of better mindset, better business partnering mindset in their teams? 
I think that's that's one. I mean, you can also like do some some swap, get someone from finance outside of finance closer to the business. Uh, the piece of advice is make sure they come back and stay <laughs> in the business. <laughs> A bit similar to this one is you can also encourage a shadowing. So it's only like a half a, half a day or a full day from your finance people uh, shadowing another another person in the business or even in another part of finance. So that helps uh, broaden your perspective. And I think as well, it's just asking the feedback from uh, your business partners. So where you can improve when they see you are strong and keep that communication flow open and, and fluid. So you can, again, learn from uh, what they are telling you day to day. Yeah, that seems to be a key theme there, right? It's, uh, it's communication, talking with people, you know, see, understanding what they regard as our strengths and where the opportunities might be, right? It's, that, uh, it's like being a business within the business. It's a very much a commercial mindset. Are there any other areas leaders could look at from a maybe skills perspective we, we could perhaps focus on a bit more to bring our finance skills and teams along? Yeah, in, and I'm sharing my own experience here, obviously. I think the, what I got also as feedback uh, a couple of years ago uh, is that uh, actually finance was not so much comfortable or didn't know enough about the external uh, environment and and the business. So what our our competitors doing, how the market is doing. And that's one important foundation to really support the business. And you may think that's uh, an easy one to ingrain in the organization, but actually Mm. you need to uh, to make it a routine. How do you bring you know that uh, those different perspectives to um, to your team, and, and they get an appetite you know to learn by themselves. Yeah. And yeah. and and honestly, I'm sure we all had in our organization people who are really curious, who want to learn, and will even share with you what they found. And some who are who are more comfortable in their day to day and their comfort zone. Yeah. And it's how you you can. First, build on the one who, who can who have, you know, that natural curiosity uh, to share with the broader group. So uh, really build on uh, on your strong on your strong team members. Also uh, encourage uh, your team to uh, to take some time also for themselves to um, to look at uh, what's happening externally. And and I'm doing that for myself as well. I book some time in my calendar. Uh, to go through uh, competitive uh, information or topics that are of interest for me. So how do you develop leadership skills in finance, for example? But I deliberately uh, book some time for that and I don't accept meetings during this time. And I openly share with my team so they know I do it. That's allowed to do it. (laughs) And second step, I'm expecting them to do it. And, and the last thing is what, what I, I ended up doing as well is have like 15 minutes in the team meetings to share what we learned as a team. Fantastic. I'm so delighted. There's so much great bits of advice in there. I've, I've got to look forward to pulling that together in the show notes with, with our team, Stephanie, because this is where, where do I start? I think on that last point, sharing what we're learning. 
Fantastic. We can set up team meetings and, and I'd encourage our, our listeners to do that. If, if leader, if leaders set the, you're listening in, set them up. If, if you're part of a team, just set them up and t- part of the team. Uh, anyone can set them up and it's just sharing what you're learning. The external insights, very important that we reach our side organization. It just gives us a little bit extra. And that could be the difference between making a better decision or one that was just an average decision and our business partners would really help. And, and this day and age, we don't have to wait for accounting events to go and talk to our industry peers or, or just someone else in another part of our business. We, we use Zoom, Microsoft Teams, all these other communication platforms. It's never been easier. Yeah. What might be challenging, and I think it's challenging, is that timepiece. And that comes back to what you're doing, Stephanie, which is I love that. It's like, yes, we're there to be good business partners, but being a good business partner doesn't mean that we, we, we drop what we're doing when our, our, our stakeholder contacts us. Mm-hmm. It's We need to build our strengths and develop our strengths so we can be a value of service to them into the future. So we need to be disciplined about blocking our time. And where we invest our time is where we'll see the results in the longer term. And I completely agree. So I think great strategy, great application, practical advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's great. And I'm sure you're bringing a good point as well. Sometimes you have to say no to your business. Easier said than done. We don't <laughs> agree. <laughs> we're, agree. We're, you know, finance or support. We're there to support the front lines, right? But exactly. Uh, exactly. If we don't look after ourselves, <laughs> there won't be any finance. Yeah. Uh, I suppose looking into the future, I think we were talking um, off air about uh, technology. Just any sort of thoughts for to share with our audience about how, how they should view these new technologies that are coming to supplement the skills we've learned traditionally yeah yeah that's a very good question andrew so i'm very passionate about uh, the technology transformation that we are seeing in finance uh, and i really believe that's uh, going to make us even uh, more critical as a function to the business so i want to deliver a positive message here i know it's a big change because uh, some of our tasks will be um, done automatically through the technology But when you really think about it, it's more routine task with much less um, value add to to what we can bring. So the way I see it's really um, going to free up some time. So you can spend more time on uh, value added tasks. And that's why I think it's uh, even more important to develop the skills we just talked about that will help everyone in finance to, to leverage the technology and use the technology for your purpose. So, so again, I think it's a very positive message I want to deliver here. Yeah, and, and by the way, that time that gets freed up, one, it's nice to learn the skills and find the applications because a lot of our finance processes are really if then do that. Mm. So it is could be very much programmatic and, and, and taken away and it frees up time. And I think the important thing is for people not to identify themselves and their strengths with their ro- their, their roles is to separate the role that's just an element of the role that's just been made easier to do mm. allows you then to bring your other strengths and then whether that's talking with people external to the business or if that's spending more time with business partners or investing in yourself it, it, again it, it, there's great opportunities there to improve what we're getting out of our careers and the impact we're making for our businesses and organizations so Again, I'm with you, Stephanie. I think it's a very positive development. Uh, in terms of yourself, you've given us great advice. What's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received is, uh, I remember many years ago now, a feedback session from my managing director. And he 
he told me, you need to be more vocal in meetings. You need to okay. ex express your perspective, share your opinion. And it was really clear as well, that's how I can bring value. And that will be important also for me if I want to progress in my career. Uh, and said this way, that seems obvious. And that was obvious. And to be uh, honest with you, I knew that something I, I needed to work on. But the message I want to deliver here is too often people don't give you that direct feedback. So they shy away from saying what's not that positive, what you need to work on. But I think it's really a missed opportunity because you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and if you don't know that's really something that you need to unlock and work on, of course, you will not work on. So that's it's not so much about the content, but the fact about uh, giving honest and transparent feedback. I, I think that's great. And again, this is uh, why, why we do the strength of the numbers is to share these great bits of advice. And, and hopefully our audience can share that with each other as well. And by the way, one of my favorite sayings, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> Keep us humble. And like, again, it comes back to that point. It's like, I, I know earlier my career, I just felt under pressure to know everything. Know what was going on, know the numbers inside out, know where we were going, know what the history was. That's not realistic. It's There's loads of stuff we don't know. Yeah. So, so no, great advice, Stephanie. And I suppose one of my favorite questions on the show is in terms of yourself, when you're looking for resources to learn from, are there any sort of favorite uh, resources, books, documentaries, or anything like that you might recommend our audience go check out? Oh, yeah. I read a very interesting book like maybe one year ago on leadership skills. And that's the one called uh, Radical Candor from uh, Kim uh, Scott. Do you know it? Mm -hmm. I, 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 yes. I, <laughs> it's a good recommendation. Well, why did you choose that one to share? I chose that one because that comes back to, uh, to my previous uh, point on giving feedback uh, and being honest and transparent. And in that book, for the ones who didn't read, I really encourage you to read. I will not uh, reveal what's in it. But basically, it's by being honest and transparent, you build a stronger relationship with, with your team, with your boss, with everyone who is surrounding you. And once uh, you, you get that honest and transparent feedback, you can get a better, uh, become a better leader and you can help your team develop. And that makes you stronger as a person and as a professional. Yeah, Definitely. And, and I think also the one, when you progress in your career, I feel it may be sometimes a bit more tricky to get honest and transparent feedback from your team or from your peers. So that's really a very concrete book with a nice advice on how to get uh, this uh, honest and transparent feedback. So I, I recommend to the audience reading it. I can tell you, I recommend it to uh, my team, some of my peers to read it as well. So I really enjoyed uh, reading the book. Yeah, yeah. Again, I completely support your recommendation. I think it's great. And I just hope more of us have those honest and transparent conversations because Look, again, earlier in my career, I didn't feel like I had the confidence to do that. It was something I developed as a leader. And actually, when I found it actually works really well, I, f I find as you get more senior, sometimes you might think, actually, it's really, how do I say get this message across without upsetting the CEO or the CFO or whatever? 
I said, well, just be honest and transparent. Yeah, you can come with positive intent and whatever. And like sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. But people will appreciate that you just call it, call it as it is and your heart's in a good place. So, yeah, so not, like great advice. Well, we're still carrying on anyway. <laughs> Hasn't hurt us too much. So, so thanks, Stephanie, for that. And I suppose if our audience wish to continue the conversation, uh, where's the best place to connect with you at? Uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. So um, happy to connect and, and build further conversation on this one. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Stephanie. So we'll put your LinkedIn in the show notes as well. And before we wrap up, look, just again, thank you so much for some sharing some great points. Uh, we covered a load of different topics as well, from business partnering all the way through to technology and, and also transparent and honest feedback there. Is any other parting thoughts you might have for our audience before we wrap up? So the, I think the last piece of thought I would like to share is again uh, a really positive message. I'm really excited about being in finance today. I appreciate a lot of a lot going on uh, in finance. So the, the piece of advice I would I would give is don't hesitate to get outside of your comfort zone. That's really where you're going to learn, expand your knowledge, your network. And even if it's tough at the beginning, I'm not saying it's easy, it's tough, it's tough but I'm sure you will not regret it. And, and sure, since when was anything that was ever easy, you know, we're, you know, we're doing it's the tough ones we remember the most mm. and get most fun from, right? So, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, so what a great way to end the show. So Stephanie, thanks for being such a great guest mentor and strength in the numbers today. Thanks a lot, Andrew. It was a pleasure talking to you. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.